Hello and welcome to the latest Not A Yes Man's podcast. I'm Sean Richards and this is the point in the week you get to ask me questions about economics and financial markets. Central banks are a bit in vogue in the questions this week. So let's start with one on the issue of how much will the UK lose from QE? Slight assumption there that we'll lose, but probably true actually. And what is the state of play? Now let me give you some numbers and how it works. The UK has added in um, the public finances 11 billion in the latest numbers. So the Treasury transferred 11 billion pounds to the Bank of England. Why? Well, because when it went into bond markets, it paid the top of the market. And actually, it's been selling at the bottom, but the whole portfolio now is very much underwater. Now, this is an international thing. Um, there have also been numbers from Europe this week. And there's a slightly sneaky move, which is typical for central banks from the ECB, because they announced that they lost 1.3 billion euros. News in itself. But actually, the numbers have been refined a bit more. The Dutch central bank has put its numbers in the middle of it, it says. The ECB announced a 7.9 billion negative result. So, oh, it's quite a lot larger, isn't it? And by the use of methods that will be illegal if you or I did it, they get it down to 1.3 billion euros. Now, if we look at the Dutch central bank itself, it's presently declaring a loss for the year. And that is of the order of 3 billion. Now, there's different numbers and how this swerves around here. The situation in Europe, in the Euro area, is that some of the losses go to the ECB. Most of them, around about 82%, go to the National Central Bank. So you need to look in both places for the overall picture. But back to the UK, we were ahead in terms of QE because at first, bank rate was virtually nothing. Bank of England was rolling on, giving money to the Treasury. But now it's the other way. How will that net out? And the truth is, this really depends on a Bank of England decision. It's quite awkward, that one, isn't it? You see, the reason why they're making losses in an interest rate sense at the minute is because they've raised the interest rate to five and a quarter percent. Having bought bonds at, well, in the worst case scenario, for yield of about half a percent, that's 4.75%. They're down on those. And across the overall book, it's got to be somewhere between 35 and 4%, I think. So that's a lot of money each year running away, isn't it? When the portfolio, I think, presently is about $735 billion. So at 4%, we're discussing somewhere around $30 billion a year, aren't we? That's the problem. We were up somewhere, I think, around about $124 billion. And so the money in terms of a profit is draining away fast. So that's the issue. Will it be put under an accounting transaction is a sort of secondary question. And I think give them time, they'll give that a good go in terms of pushing it across because that's always the way that it works, isn't it? They won't account the profits, not the losses. Next question is related, which is how does central bank base rates, or it's bank rate now in the UK, it doesn't matter, interest rates, let's call them, 
influence retail lending rates in the real economy. Now this is a big issue because you see QE changed it and it's kind of a two-step process. What do I mean? Well step one was central banks cut interest rates in response to the credit crunch and they thought that that would flow out to you and I businesses and let's bring in their favorite topic house prices mortgages but it didn't really work like that why not well bond yields differed from that and people looked more and more at say fixed rate mortgages that's a trend between then and now so obviously that's over a decade that in my home country there's been a lot more of so we've moved away from central banks having an impact explicitly like that so that's an issue that's why step one is that we got all the QE bond buying. So that was the next step. But that was a way, of course, from an actual interest rate change. So if you like, they started to operate on bond yields and were thereby hoping to influence the price of business lending and mortgage rates. So that's one factor. Now, there have always been things like that that have changed things. Um, in the past and the way the yield curves moved and not necessarily with it. QE was a sort of more explicit influence on that, taking it away. And then there was an undercut. You see, if you look at the first efforts of the Bank of England in um, QE bond buying, which is 375 billion pounds, they got 260 billion of it back from the banks. So the net effect was much smaller around about 115 billion at that point. So there's now quite a lot of factors in there. Looking ahead, there's another one because the money markets have changed in the meantime. If you like, they've come to consider QE and all that bond buying as permanent. So the governor of the Bank of England was putting a figure the other day of, for the Bank of England balance sheet of 480 billion. So if you look at it like that, there'll come a point if they continue to reduce the balance sheet that then they'll have to stop as things will change again and there are discussions on this point in the euro area and also by the US Federal Reserve exactly how they control interest rates they're sort of ways that it should be pretty much direct into the banks and onto you but we're in a different era now next question is simpler I think What's my best guess as to what tax cuts Chancellor Hunt will make in his March budget? Well, there was scope, it looked like, we were being prepared for, for somewhere around 20 billion. Now that's changed, I think, in the last couple of um, public finances updates, that they've been good for the UK. So the December one, looking at that, was good in terms of inflation being lower, so debt costs much lower, tick. And then there were various factors this time in January, plus a revision. So the trajectory now looks better. So if you thought there was scope in the first place, there's now more. Now as to how he will spend that, because being in an election year, one would assume he'd you know, be looking to spend. I think probably he'd go for something like income tax, because that's a headline. The actual question I was asked was about VAT. And in a lot of ways would be sensible reducing inflation and so on but that probably means he won't do it and have a lot of time for Chancellor Hunt to be honest with you I don't think he's very good next up there's an intriguing question about productivity 
would people maybe be forced to work harder by high interest rates and therefore create a productivity boom? Well, that would be a change, wouldn't it? Because there've been productivity issues, UK, US, excuse me, not the US, Euro area for quite some time now. Can we change on that? It's a difficult one. We have problems at the minute with output and then we seem to be growing the population. So I think at some point we need to sit down and think what we're trying to do here. And also, I think as the services sector becomes much larger part of the economy, I mean it's already somewhere around 80%, in many areas of that, how do you measure productivity? It's genuinely difficult. It's not the same as making 102 widgets this year rather than 100 last year, is it? So I think that there are all sorts of questions about that. But it would be, it would create a wry smile, wouldn't it, if higher interest rates raise productivity? Be a real problem for the central banks, wouldn't it? Because that means they cut it by running low interest rates for so long. But anyway, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you have, please take the advice of the Cora and pass it on.